Welcome and thank you for tuning into this week's life-changing message from the Equipping Church. We pray you are empowered and encouraged by the Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, All that had been built up all day. And uh, I just want to release something to you tonight to break the water. And I'm just going to be obedient to the Lord. I don't have a proper sermon to share. I preach all the time. You guys heard me on Saturday. You heard me this morning. I've given you word. But here's what I hear God saying. I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in a power and a demonstration of the Holy Ghost, is what Paul said. And um, I'm nobody, just a, a kid, the son of a firefighter. That's it. I'm not educated, got a high school diploma, took a few classes in college and said, stuff this. I didn't go to Bible college. I didn't go to cemetery, I mean seminary. <laughs> God called me at 14 years of age. Sitting on my mama and daddy's couch down in the family room, watching baseball games, watching the St. Louis Cardinals lose as they used to do in the 70s a lot. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, turn off the TV, I want to talk to you. And I did, and he called me into the ministry right there. Took me on a journey from 2 Timothy, the last chapter, all the way back to 1 Timothy, the first chapter. And at one point he said, take Mark, he is profitable to me for the ministry. Now I know that was John Mark, but it was so real, it was so powerful. And um, I walked in confusion for a lot of years because I didn't have a good father figure. My dad uh, ran a lot of women, including our next door neighbor. I'm the one that caught him in the adulterous affairs and confronted him. When I caught him and I confronted him, he walked right past me I know now it was out of embarrassment, but at that moment it was rejection. And uh, a terrible spirit of confusion and problem came over my life, and I wanted to serve God, but I struggled. I knew I had the call of God, and I wrestled with my humanity and my flesh and my rejection and my pain compared to the anointing. And back in those days... Pastors just didn't know how to father and be a father figure. And I desperately needed one. And we got into ministry at 19. We got married at 19. We got into ministry at 19. Hallelujah. And uh, we've been in ever since. I'm 59. We celebrate in January 40 years of ministry together. 40 years. And I've been told many occasions that I'd never preach again. I will personally see to it. I had one guy, as I said, say, do you, do you know who I am? And it was a big church. 
and I was his youth pastor, and I had done nothing wrong. I just wouldn't preach greasy grace, sloppy agape, do whatever you want and still go to heaven. I told him in my resume, if you want to move a God in your youth, I'm your guy. If you don't, I'm not. He hired me, and then he fired me because I brought the move of God. We had kids that were a mess in that church. I mean, mooning people on the church bus. Hallelujah. I mean, off the church bus, smoking dope out behind the church building and coming into class, coming into youth. I mean, rebellious as, glory to God. And they were all demons' kids. I mean, deacons' kids. <laughs> Hallelujah. They were, weren't they? Had one kid, his name was Matt Bell. And he came in and he said, My name is Matt Bell and I don't like you. And I'm going to run you out. I said, That's good, Matt. We don't like you. Sit down and shut up. <laughs> that kid became, I, I, I believe in Chicago, Illinois, that kid was the reason we went for that year. A whole year of hell. And if you've never been to Chicago, it is hell. Glory to God for every pastor that's called to go to hell and preach because that's where they're at. It was terrible. I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious, but I got to tell you, it was, it was bad. We hated every minute of it. But we reached Matt and Matt is now preaching the gospel. <sighs> Matt started smuggling Bibles into China. Matt is now working for Joyce Meyer Ministries full-time down in Fenton, Missouri. And has been there for years. And when I was on the ventilator... Matt gathered all of Joyce Meyer Ministries to pray and intercede over me. Wow. I'm just telling you, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and you can delight in your way and know that God's got you. Ministry has not always been easy for us. In fact, it's been quite difficult. And when we went to Dinuba, California in 1996, we were picking up the loose pieces because Greg's father had passed away and someone else had come into the church and was absolutely destroying everything. And um, God sent us there to turn this thing around. And when we got there, we wanted to change the name of the church from Living Word Fellowship. And I did. And then the Holy Ghost just spanked my rear end good and said, who told you to change the name? We had changed it in the phone book. For a year, we had to go under a different name in the phone book because I got out of obedience, and we had done it. And I said, Lord, we got to escape this reputation. And he said, I don't want to escape it. I want to restore it. Yeah. I've sent you to this city to be a voice of healing and restoration. In fact, 
You will be a hospital of grace, healing, and restoration. And the first thing I will restore is the reputation of this church. So when I first got there, they told me, uh, when I went, I told you this morning the story of going to the ministerial association and having lunch, and we're all sitting there, and they asked me, so what church do you pastor? And I told them, and when we went up in the line to get our food, when I came back, they had all scattered like roaches. <laughs> what? They wanted nothing to do with me because of the church I was pastoring. I had one pastor call me in into his office, and he said, I just want you to know if you need any help, I know you're a young pastor and you've never pastored before. I said, yes, that's true. And I thought, well, this guy's going to be great. He said, I'll just tell you, I wouldn't pastor that much, bunch of misfits for anything. And I said, well, they're my misfits and they're God's misfits. And we're just going to be misfits for Jesus. So I went back and told my church. I didn't tell them what pastor. But I went back and I told my church and all the youth, all the college kids came out with misfits for Jesus t-shirts. Hallelujah. But I was alone. We were scared. We were not doing well. And uh, in June of 97, we had, we had been there for a year. And we were getting no traction at all. None whatsoever. In fact, we had a whole group of people got up and left after a couple of weeks. Um, just whoosh, mass exodus. Glory to God. But we had peace in the house. And, uh, but we couldn't get anywhere. And I didn't realize how religious I was. I wanted God. I wanted the move of God. I wanted revival. I've been a revivalist from the time I was young. I used to read about Finney and read about um, 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 all the great moves of God, Billy Sunday, and all the great pioneers of the faith in this country. And I read all about, you know, uh, Azusa Street, and prior to that, over in Wales, and on and on and on. I read all of that about Evan Roberts, about even, even um, um, Martin Luther, and all the way back to the Reformation, and every move of God. And I was a real student, self taught of all the great moves of God, the healing revivals. Oh, I was moved by all of that. And I would sit and read about these things and weep and say, God, I want to be a part of that. Hallelujah. Somebody is in trouble. Amber alerts. It's all right. Just silence your phones. It's okay. I get it. Glory to God. So I'm there, hungry for God religious, wearing purple suits, and uh, nothing wrong with that, but I was trying to be some rock star preacher, and my first six months, I didn't know who I was. One Sunday morning, I'd be, and God said, my best T.D. Jakes voice, <laughs> and then the next Sunday, I'd be Bob Yandian, friends, <laughs> Right? And then it was really bad when I tried to be Joyce Meyer. <laughs> I didn't know who I was, man. And then I'd be Rod Parsley. It's time for a breakthrough. 
And then I'd turn into John Hagee. You're going to burn in hell. <laughs> I know who I was. I gave up on all my multiple personalities and decided to be myself. That's worked out okay. Fast forward to 1997, June, and my life changed forever. We were so hungry for God. We wanted a move of God. We didn't know what it looked like. And we had heard that there was a guy up in Fresno who was holding revival meetings by the name of Rodney Howard Brown. Now, Rodney is a very brogue South African guy who can cut you like a knife, right? But he's really carrying something on his life. He always has. And uh, Tammy and I had had an experience with Rodney and Rodney's men and people back in Tulsa, the land of fruit, nuts, and flakes. Yes, the church team, not, not Rodney's. It was the church team that was ministering because it was massive at Rama. Rodney's down on the platform. We're way up in the balcony, and all the church had sent people coming. And my wife doesn't make courtesy falls for anybody. And this guy pushed her and started shoving, and Tammy said, don't do that, don't do that. And finally she grabbed his hand and, I, and said, I said, don't push me. The guy was freaked out and went on to the next person. That was our experience with Rodney Howard Brown, so I was not excited. But there was a guy in my church that said, you need to go to these meetings, and it was on a Wednesday evening. And so I canceled service, and we went up to Fresno. And I said to my wife, but we're driving our own car, because when it gets stupid, we're leaving. Amen. It got real stupid. Cool, stupid. I got in there and God wrecked me. And he told me that night when I got in the line and Rodney came to minister, I said, God, you know we want what's real. And all we had in our minds was that guy shoving Tammy. Well, Rodney is walking down the aisle and he's praying for people. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. And as he is walking down the aisle and he is praying for people, he is way back here, and I'm standing way down there. And he's about 10 people away, and you know, you're standing there, and you're like, okay, he's, he's headed this way. So I thought, well, I better close my eyes, because that's the spiritual thing to do. <laughs> and, uh, and so I closed my eyes, I lifted my hands, and all of a sudden, y'all, I would wham! And when I opened my eyes, he was still down there. He didn't even get to me. And I look over, and there's Tammy. Wham! Like an accordion, like the walls of Jericho. She came down. And we are laying there, and I thought, what in the world? What just hit me? That's the power of God. And I went to try to get up, and it was like somebody was sitting on me and pushing me down. And it was like, I, 
let me up. And I couldn't. And so I decided not to fight it. There's a brilliant idea. So I'm laying there, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I heard the voice of God, and he said, I'm about to show you five demonstrations of my spirit that I'm about to break out in your church, and you're never going to be the same. And I laid there and repented for almost an hour, shaking and repenting and weeping for judging the move of God. And in my preconceived religious ideas of what it would look like. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that is the first demonstration. Repentance will break out in your church. And hundreds will come to Christ. And the religious, will, the religious spirit will be broken. I got up and I made the mistake because we had canceled service of telling the 10 or 12 people, that's about all we had, um, the Holy Spirit said to me, I got a word for you later, by the way. The Holy Spirit said to me five demonstrations, and there were five services, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night. And I said, I'm coming back tomorrow because I want to know what else God's going to do. And a whole bunch of them took off work and came with me. And so they were all coming to see what's going to happen to Pastor Mark, right? <laughs> and I'm going, man, I'm just hungry. This was God. So Thursday morning comes around. And we went in and we sat in the far back. And on the back row, we had to drive 45 minutes to get there. And, you know, I got to have my coffee. So <clears throat> we were late coming in, and we sat on the back row, and Rodney got up, and he taught the whole time, just teaching. It was good teaching. Couldn't tell you what he taught, but it seemed good. And at the end of the service, he said, well, we're going to close, and we'll be back tonight for service. And I thought, what's happening? <laughs> and in his closing prayer, he said, Lord, prepare hearts for tonight and all that you'll do. And wham, I'm in the back row and the power of God hit me and I flew back into all the chairs and the whole row of chairs, two rows, two rows Tammy said, two rows of chairs were just scattered and laying down and all this. And it's, I mean, I hit it hard, baby. And I laid there on the chairs laughing uncontrollably. I got so drunk that I, I couldn't stand. I couldn't get up. And one of the guys looked at me and said, Pastor, are you okay? And I said, I'm better than I've ever been in my life. <laughs> I'm the only one in the whole place. He's dismissed and everybody's leaving and I can't move. And all that's there is all of our little church looking at me and going, oh my God, he's crazy. He's lost his ever-loving mind. 
Well, you guys, I got so drunk in the Holy Ghost that I, 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 I was slurring my speech. And I remembered the days at the bar, you know, and I was like, this sounds a little like it. And I was so drunk. And you know, when you get drunk, you get generous. Now, we were so poor that we couldn't have the OR on the end. We were just po. Right? So check it out. We being so po, I got up from there. I got up off of there. And I said, glory to God, I'm hungry. Y'all hungry? Let's go to Red Robin. It's on me. Tammy looked at me and she said, if you write a church check, there won't be enough money for us to be eating next week. You're going to feed all them, all of our pay, paycheck. We don't have any money. We are poor. I said, it's okay, baby. Hallelujah. We got to Red Robin, and I said, order anything you want. <laughs> I, we had 12 people. Glory to Jesus. And Red Robin is not McDonald's hamburgers. It's a, y'all know Red Robin down here? Okay. So they ate and were full. And Tammy got to write the check. And I was so drunk that I could not order from the waitress. I just kept slurring my speech. And she thought I was really drunk. And I was. <laughs> just not the way she thought. And y'all, I kept laughing <laughs> hysterically. And nothing was funny at all. <laughs> But, but it was just amazing. And I stayed drunk for three days. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, um, okay. So, uh, (laughs) 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 so, so, so Tammy had to drive me home. She was a designated driver during this, <laughs> this time. And I got home and I was drunk. I was staggering <laughs> into walls. I was a wreck. And I just kept laughing. I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. I laughed and I kept crying because uh, laughter just wouldn't lift. It was just, it was awesome. And uh, that was Thursday morning. And uh, Thursday evening I was still drunk. It was time to go back to church. And um, now I am white to the bone. And this white boy cannot dance at all. I have no rhythm. I don't even try anymore. Right? And when I sing, it sounds so bad. Tammy said, you have no pitch. And I said, what's that? Right? And when I start singing, people scatter. So she's like, I'll do the singing, you do the preaching, right? 
So, uh, so we go to the service that night, and everybody again is like, what's going to happen to Pastor Mark? And I'm still laughing, and I'm still drunk, and I come into the service, and I'm sitting like right over here, and he had a group, the Cruz family with him, and they hit the electric guitar, and the moment that pick hit the guitar, I jumped up out of my seat, ran out into the aisle, and started doing this. <laughs> and I didn't know how to dance, so I started doing jumping jacks. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? I didn't know. So here I am in this church of a thousand people. And I'm out in the middle of the aisle doing jumping jacks and laughing and so drunk that I can barely stand up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Holy Spirit spoke and said, I'm going to break out with freedom in worship in your church. It's not going to be religious no more. Now we have people that right in the middle of it, they'll get up and woo and run down the aisle. And it's like, there's a runner. <laughs> right? There goes Christina. <laughs> you know? And you got others going, oh, God, right in the middle of it. And they're sitting next to a visitor that's going, what in the <laughs> Been that way ever since. So that was what night? Thursday night. So I'm still drunk after the service. That's all. So now I'm drunk, I'm laughing, and dancing. Well, doing jumping jacks. And she drives me home again. Yeah, the laughter is joy breaking out, right? And I used to think, that's nonsense. We don't need any of that. And then I look at Christians' faces. We do need a little bit of joy. Because some of y'all here tonight look like you've been sucking on prunes. And when it comes time for the offering, it's like he's your dentist and he's extracting a tooth or something. Hallelujah. You need to lighten up and enjoy life a little bit, right? And let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Hallelujah. And so it hit me. <laughs> it's breaking out in here. Glory to God. <laughs> What's wrong? What's happening, Sierra? I just feel something like I keep hearing expected things. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Expectancy. There you go. Lift your hands. Hallelujah. Just get her so drunk, Lord. Right now. Right now. Right now. The joy. The joy. The joy. More. 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 More, 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 more. And you too. And you. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, 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 
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blondie. Glory to God. I love Shelly. Hallelujah. There you go, Anna. Take a drink. It's all good. Isn't the Lord good? He's good. Hallelujah. You ain't laughed in a while. Hallelujah. Uh, been locked away in your house. No, those days are over, sister. Oh, praise, the Lord. praise the Lord, she says. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are we having fun yet? Well, tell me something. When I was eight, God told me that in my lifetime there was going to be a revival like we've never seen. Yes. And I've been dry, so I want you to pray that anointing of revival on me. I've got to have it. Lift your hands. Just give her a dose right now. A dose of the ghost. Uh, here's what I hear the Lord saying over you, my sister. What was the uh, prophetess that, Anna, that came and saw Jesus? And for years she had waited and the Lord said, I've heard your cries. There it is. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. God just, 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 yeah, just. Hallelujah. I don't care what you do, just do it. <laughs> Isn't God good? You feel that? Right up out of your belly, tickling you right in your belly right now. Hallelujah. Yeah. Got healed? Well, that's good. Up front, she says. Glory to God. So, 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 okay, y'all settle down. So, so we moved to Friday night. Are we at Friday night yet? Friday morning. Don't forget Friday morning. I'm so drunk Friday morning that I go in to get my coffee. Got to have my coffee. And I'm walking through our mobile home going back to the back room where Tammy is, and she hears this boom. And she comes out, and what it was was kind of like this. And she comes out, and I'm on the floor, and coffee is all over the wall and on the floor. And she says, what have you done? And I said, I'm still drunk. But it's okay, baby. Don't worry about it. Coffee all over our white rug, all over the wall, all over me. So I had to change clothes to go to church. I was already dressed and ready. She had to help me change. And I'm laughing and I can't get my foot in my pants. And Oh, it was hysterical. <laughs> I, I, I close my eyes and I'm back there on sitting on the bed trying to get, you know, dressed and laughing. And it made us late. And that is Tammy's pet peeve. Do not be late. Late is 10 minutes early. And if you're past 10 minutes early, you're late. Yes. 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 Well, we got there about 20 after 10. Service started at 10. But the most amazing thing, by this time I sobered up a little bit on the drive to Fresno. I walked in, 
and we opened the doors to the building, and the power of God hit, and two ushers walked up and said, and now mind you, no name tags, no anything, get that ready. Nobody knew us, we were in a foreign place, nothing, right? Two ushers met us at the door and said, we've been waiting for you. We have your seat ready. Good, you're here. I'm like, glory to God. I look at Tammy, she looks at me, and you know God's up to something, right? When he meets you at the door and said, we've been waiting for you. We have a seat prepared for you. And they marched us right up behind Rodney Howard Brown. Him and Adana were sitting in the front row. His worship team, is it Adana? Adonica. Adonica, whatever. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tomato, tomato. Okay? So, so he's not going to see this. So, <laughs> maybe... But then again, I didn't think Sid Roth would ever read my book, and then I ended up on Sid Roth. So who knows what happens, right? So, 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 <laughs> so the worship team is worshiping, and we're sitting back there thinking, well, Rodney's going to turn around and lay hands on us and invite us to tea or something, you know? I mean, something, hello. I mean, we're going to shake his hand. We're going to, oh, what, what's going to happen, right? God, how are you breaking out? Now, you got to keep in mind that up until this time, all the way through my ministry in my life, and at this time we're 34, and uh, so for 15 to 20 years, every service I ever went into, didn't matter how big the conference was, I was called out and prophesied over. I had more hands laid on me, as Nigel said, than a football. And I mean, I was yea and verily, and I will make you, and on and on and on. And every prophetic word calling me out everywhere I went for all those years. And Tammy just sat there like the third wheel. In fact, she had a lot of tears and kept saying, I don't feel like I have any place in the ministry. I'm just your little cheerleader, and, you know, it's all about you. I said, baby, I can't help it when they pull me out and they prophesy. I mean, you know, I don't know what to say to that. And I, I kept trying to reiterate how important she was in ministry. And um, nothing was working. And she hated being in Dinuba. And um, she cried a lot of tears at night. God, why will you not let us out of here? Blah, 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 on and on and on. And I don't mean that to sound facetious. She was just, she was broken. Yeah, we wanted revival and she didn't think, and she was right, the church didn't want it at the time. They, they didn't know what it was. So how can I want something I've never seen? And so she was just broken. So we go in there. And Rodney is receiving the offering. And while he's up there to receive the offering, he looks down and he says this. I'm going to play this because we have this. Now, mind you, remember this. Nobody knows us. 
Nobody knows our names. There are no name tags. We'd only been in Dinuba for, for a year. And his first words were, where are you from? And I said, Dinuba. And he said, what? Where's that? And then, here, listen to this. Where are you from? By the way, all the laughter, that was normal in Rodney's meetings. While he's preaching, he's not moved by it. Hallelujah. So listen to this. This isn't working. Stand right over here. Just join hands. It's too much, too much. Tammy, look at me. Tammy, look at me. The Lord told me to give you a special message. I don't know what this means. But you'll know exactly what it means. He says that these things you've been crying out, just from a wife's point of view, um, that you've been desiring God would do. And God says he's heard those prayers. Okay. And God says every sacrifice that, again, you guys have made in the past, he said there's a reward. He said the breakthroughs, just right on the horizon not to give up god says don't give up everything you're doing now is preparation for the next phase everything you're doing now is preparation god's going to move you into higher realms into deeper things it's all preparation enjoy these times the lord says because the day will come when the blessing will be so strong that maybe you can make a head spin so, and you'll think back of these days, and you remember these days, but he says, he's heard your heart, told me to tell you that. So, just be blessed today. That's it. 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 It was the one and only time Rodney Howard Brown ever laid his hands on us because remember, we went down before and glory to God, we got moths coming out. <laughs> but, but notice this, in that prophetic word, he called her by name and said, Tammy, look at me. <sighs> the woman who said, I never get prophesied over God, where are you? Do you even know who I am? Tammy, look at me. And goes to the things that she's been crying out that I didn't even know about. And reads her mail. And the Spirit of God spoke to me, laying there on the floor, and said, I'm going to break out with a prophetic anointing and a word of knowledge in your life and on this church like you've never dreamed. And boy, oh boy, has it come to pass. So that's Friday morning. I'm still drunk. <laughs> we leave, and Friday night rolls around. And the craziest thing, y'all, and I'll wrap it with this, and then we'll, we'll get into some other things. Craziest thing began to happen because I'm sitting there in the chair. This isn't going to work because everybody in the back can't see. Yeah. So, so let's just, 
Yeah, grab me a chair. Pull up a chair. Belly up. Hallelujah. <coughs> yeah, that'll work. Is that better? So, so I'm sitting there, and we go through praise and worship. I'm doing jumping jacks again. I'm laughing. I'm, I'm, I'm just drunk still. And uh, my brother-in-law, Michael, comes to the service that night. And Michael is the guy who sits in the movie theater with you and talks incessantly. <laughs> I love him, but I don't do movies with Michael anymore. And, and Michael is very staunch and very, very unemotional. Un and I'm sitting there, and Rodney starts to preach. And he comes down the aisle, and he's very quiet and solemn. And he said, and they were gathered in one mind and one accord in one place. And he goes to Acts chapter 2, and he says, and suddenly, and when he said that, talking about the power of the Holy Ghost coming, my knee starts doing this. And I can't stop. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> this is the truth. Just like this. And when I'm going like this, I'm going, oh, God, this has to stop. Now, I'm trying to hold this knee down, and this one, they're both shaking. Now, I'm just going like this, and I'm going, oh, God. And it was like 220 volts going through me. I'm laughing. Ha, ha, ha. And I'm, and I'm uh, oh, God, what's happening? Oh, I don't know what's going on. And I'm He's preaching, and I'm going, Michael, I don't know what's happening. And Michael's going. <laughs> I am slithering out of the chair. I'm down on the floor, and I'm convulsing out of control. And I'm laying there, and I said, God, I got, I'm slobbering all day. <laughs> and I'm laughing, and I'm slobbering, and I'm shaking, and I'm convulsing, and I'm crying. And I said, God, I got no dignity left. <laughs> I shook for 30 minutes in the floor. Again, chairs are going everywhere. People are going, my God. I was just shaken, about like you are back there. Hallelujah. And, and, and it just kept coming. And it was like waves. And I laid there going, God, oh, you got to stop. I can't take it anymore. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this is my power. And when my power hits, something moves. And the, the, the electricity, the lightning of heaven is going to fall on your church. Well, I got to tell you, we got back. And the next Sunday, first thing I did was say, throw the clock out the door. We had a little side door. I took the clock. I kicked the door open, and I threw it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
We're not putting God on a time clock. And, and the next thing I knew in that service, all I did was tell what had happened to me to the rest of the church. And that day, things started breaking out like that. While I'm telling it, laughter is breaking out. I, go, I look back, and my sound man is laying in the floor laughing hysterically. He's useless. We, we had ushers that would go to catch, and they'd be so drunk. And, and they, they're falling down, and nobody's there to catch them. And then the people they were catching are falling over on top of them. And it was, uh, it was, <laughs> it was awesome. I was out of control and loving it. Because when the power of God hits, you're not in control. You may think you are. But you, when you give control of the Holy Spirit over to him, and you quit trying to do it for him, he does things that you can't even imagine. It broke out so strong in our church that for the next three weeks, uh, we didn't know what, what was going to happen next. It was just awesome. And I'm laying in bed one night, and at 3 a.m. I woke up and I heard the voice of God say, Call Nigel McNeil. I didn't know Nigel McNeil. Who is Nigel McNeil? <laughs> okay, God, I know I'm drunk lately, but seriously? And I nudged Tammy. Hey, who, uh, she's waking, what, what? God just said, call Nigel McNeil. She said, who? I said, Nigel McNeil, do you know who that is? And she said, no, go back to sleep. <laughs> she turns over, and I can't get to sleep. The next morning, I get up, and I keep hearing, call Nigel McNeil. I mean, loud, like, okay, just tell me how to reach him. So I didn't know what to do, so I called my best friend in ministry, Doug Carter, who was pastoring Pittsfield Assembly of God Church up in Illinois. Hallelujah. I call and I speak to the secretary and I said to the secretary, I need to talk to Pastor Doug. And she said, Pastor Doug's on vacation. And I said, oh, bummer. Well, maybe you can help me. And she said, okay. And I said, does the name Nigel McNeil mean anything to you? She said, oh, Nigel. <laughs> That's where Pastor Doug is on vacation down in southern Illinois at Roy Boyer's church where Nigel is holding a week of meetings and Doug's idea of a vacation is go to revival. And I said, do you? And she said, here's the church number. So I call the church. And the secretary at the church makes the biggest error you can ever make and says, he's staying at such and such hotel Here's the number of the hotel and his room number. So I ring Nigel at the hotel, and I get the voice 
mail, right? And I leave it for him and I say, my name's Mark Wallace. The Holy Spirit woke me up in the middle of the night and said, call Nigel McNeil. I have tracked you down <laughs> and you're supposed to come to Dinuba, California and, and, and we're desperate for revival. And oh, by the way, would you come for a church of 60? Now, we didn't have 60, but I figured... We might get 60 out that night, right? I get this phone call about an hour later. Who are you, mate? He's from Australia. And I said, my name's Mark Wallace. And I go through, yeah, I heard all that. But he said, I was just at lunch with Doug Carter. And he told me I need to come to your church. Yeah, you would think I'm making this up unless you talk to everybody and they confirm everything. When God says the water breaks and I'm bringing revival, He will hook you up with keys that will birth what He says He's going to do. He'll lead you across the path of people that you don't even know who they are and bring them from Australia to a little town called Dinuba, California. He says, Whoo! He says, <laughs> ah, come on. He, <laughs> <whew>. he said, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> he says to me, Doug Carter just told me I need to come to your church. And I said, well, then do it. And he said, I will, but I can't. And I said, what? He said, mate, I am booked a year in advance. And he always stays booked a year in advance. And I said, well, you're going to have a cancellation. I hear this <laughs> on the other end. He said, mate, you don't understand. I have never had a cancellation ever. He said, I don't get cancellations. I'm trying to stand up here. <laughs> and, and uh, I said to him boldly, to a man I'd never met, well, you're fixing to. He, he said, well, whatever, I'll keep your number. The next day, I'm going to tell off on myself, I like bubble baths. I am sitting in the bathtub taking my bubble bath and the phone rings and it's flipping Nigel. Mate, if you could see me now, hallelujah. 
towel wrapped around me. Tammy says, it's for you. I go to the phone. You don't have cell phones in those days. They were that big, you know. And I go to the landline and I said, I said, Nigel. And he laughs about this now. He says, mate, I didn't know you were in a towel. And he says, he says, <laughs> Whew. He says to me, you'll never guess what happened. And I said, uh, you had a cancellation? He said, yes. He said, for next Sunday. It's the middle of the week. It's like Tuesday. He said, Sunday. Can you rock and roll with that? You've probably heard him say something like that. Hallelujah. Pastor Tommy knows him. Just was at his church. And uh, he said, can you rock and roll with that? And I said, we're desperate. I said, but will you come to a church of 60? I reiterated, 60. <laughs> Knowing that the previous Sunday we had 32 in church. Or something thereabout. I mean... He said, I'll go wherever God sends me. Numbers don't matter to me, mate. The move of God is all that matters to me. And if you're hungry, I'm there. That Friday, I went and picked him up at LAX. Drove three hours down to LAX and drove three hours back, and we didn't hardly speak. Because I didn't know what to say to him. So I told him about Rodney. And he said to me, the anointing on my life is because I spent a week with Rodney Howard Brown in his home with him laying hands on me every day. And I was drunk in the Holy Ghost all week long. That began a 25-year relationship with Nigel McNeil. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he, he, he came to our, ch our church that week. <sighs> and it was heaven come and kiss the earth. My... My worship team was useless. My ushers were drunk. I did so much carpet time. We had people that morning he came in and he preached and it was dry. And I thought, my God, what has happened? What have I done? And he looked at me and said, oh, don't worry, mate. It'll be there tonight. <laughs> that, does that not sound like him? And I said, we only had like 35 people that morning, maybe 40, you know. I got on the phone and started telling everybody, he's coming, he's coming. God's going to be there. And, you know, so the other eight people showed up and <laughs> our church was there, right? That night, the play. <sighs> our overflow was about 
back where the booth is, and there was an accordion door, and we had to open it up. And people were seated in the aisles and all the way back to the door. The place was so jam-packed that it was like sardines. I swear, it was, it was unbelievable. We didn't know how to pray for people, so we took out the first three rows of chairs. We had those bright orange chairs, and we would stack them up over to the side and make room, and that became our altar. And our church never dipped below 100 again. Mm. Ah. And for two solid years, it was like that every service. Our Sunday nights outnumbered our Sunday mornings because people from visiting churches would come and get drunk in the Holy Ghost and take it back to their church. Revival was breaking out. Pastors were coming and unifying and coming together and getting drunk. And oh my God, it was wonderful. Heaven kissed Dinuba, California for two years. Church grew and exploded. And over the period of time, we have now moved into the largest building in all of Dinuba, 40, like 43,000 square foot that used to be a car dealership that God opened the door with a very tall man who financed it for us. Come on, somebody. All through the prophetic. And now we have the biggest building in all of Dinuba, all of the surrounding area, and we're known as the mega church, even though it's not mega church compared to what you guys know, but we got s several hundred people that call LWF home. And, and, and it was birthed in revival. And I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit has shared with me that what He has done in our midst is only a taste that we're not done yet. And the enemy tried to take me out in 2020 because of the river that I saw. And I shared that with you this morning. I have to get the recording if you want to hear it. But the Lord said, I, I haven't done everything I'm going to do. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Because the all flesh revival is upon us. And I'm just telling you that if God decides tonight to kiss this building and kiss your life, and give birth to something that you don't even know. And I believe in the Holy Ghost that tonight is giving birth to something that you have never seen before. Hallelujah. My God, my God, my God. We pray that your life was impacted today by the presence of God. For more information about the Equipping Church or to give online, please visit www.equippingchurch.us